You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast, where Paul and me, Anna, hi, we explore the world of classic games and the nostalgia that they bring. And in this episode, I know I told you it was going to happen, we enclose ourselves in and talk about the game Enclosure. And I couldn't have yikes that any harder than I did, and it still got through. That's effort's <laughs> tenacity. It actually, that's what made me push it through. I'm like, oh, it gets that. Because, you know, the best puns make people groan uncomfortably and walk out of the room. And I'm assuming most listeners have probably already done that. that which would be fair. Yeah, it's like, wow is like the silver medal, and yikes is the full gold. Like, wow, that's that's unbelievable. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. proud and disappointed at the same time. Are we recording? This is the show, huh? Shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we are. No, we're here to talk about Enclosure, which is uh, a game that was made. Okay. When you look at the game, you'd think it was a game that was actually made in like the Police Quest 1 era of gaming. It's that beautiful AGI kind of thing going, but it was actually made in like 2003. Yeah, it is. It was made by Fimo Duo in 2000 and probably three. Doesn't well, it was released in 04. So yeah, it yeah. was made in 03, released in 04. I'm, I'm getting technical. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it is Sierra's lost spooky AGI game, as, as I once called it. We, we've actually, Anna wasn't here for it, but there's a really old CGG podcast episode um, on Enclosure, and, and I encourage you to, to not listen to it especially side by side because I don't want you all to hear how just ridiculously potentially flip floppy I am and and just what I may have sounded like 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 now I'm like a little bit older you know a little bit wiser <laughs> <laughs> kind of grizzled veteran I'm like I've seen some shit so maybe it's not it didn't didn't hit, strike me as it did then which actually it did I love this game but and, and we'll get there but anyway the point is, is that we've talked about it before but the reason to any longtime listeners that are like hey man you, you did this already What's the deal is is that there was recently a 3D remake of the game by Mousimus, who I hope I'm saying that right, because they're just the absolute nicest and somebody that the Anna and I are, I guess, biased towards in, in, a, in a friend sort of manner. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody's like just very supportive and, and, well, not just supportive, but also part of the developing community, hence, you know, them doing this. But anyway, <laughs> they, they did the 3D remake of this game. And so we wanted to kind of touch on it again. Really, I just wanted to force Anna to play it because I loved it. And so <laughs> that brings me to, to to well, okay, before I say, like, what did you think about it? We should probably tell them, like, what it's about, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's about Mike. And they say that a lot. And in fact, they almost use his name in a humorous way. Right. But anyways, Mike, he's kind of like a con man, but like not a big time con man. Like I'm going to rip you off and ruin your family. He's like a small time con man. <laughs> and he kind of he got an offer that he can't refuse for like ten thousand dollars. I would say that kind of like sets up where it's all going in the beginning. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's funny because I do kind of the. the they circle back to that too, where there's a scene where his girlfriend's outside crying, but like, yeah, you kind of forget that they're, they're not the greatest of people, morally speaking. Like they're not, mm-hmm. maybe they're not like so super proud of what they're doing, but, but long story short, they're, they're kind of like fraud, um, psychics or mediums, I guess. Right. Yeah. They have a whole stage set up and, and I mean, this job, I mean, how could they refuse it? It's $10,000. They're going to an oil drilling station with like a millionaire dude and the place is haunted and, and they, I don't think they even believe in ghosts really per se 
at all. Right. Yeah. Do they even? I'm not. I'm not even sure they really even touch on it. Yeah. No, they do because at one point she's like, "I think it's an actual spirit." Like you know, they're getting their bluff yeah. called. Yeah. Yeah, because they were trying to do the fake seance at the beginning, and they're kind of like it all falls apart on them, right? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They, Mike is a ineffective individual in the beginning of the game, but but once you take control of him, he's he's arguably effective. Amazingly so, so, because they they throw you right into like the cockpit of a helicopter and and go all launch pad on you and say, okay, now it's an arcade game, land it, which is fine. It was fun actually. <laughs> I'm wondering too if if Mousimus like touched up that coding in any way. I'm not sure because it, maybe I just got good at it. But the first time I played this, that was like a big critique of mine because it took me forever to get into the game because I kept crashing the helicopter and it was just like mm -hmm. this immediate gatekeeping where I'm like, oh my god, please let me play the game. But this time I, I was able to land it on the first try. It actually had like an Astro Chicken kind of vibe, the, the controls. It did. It? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it totally. I was thinking the same thing because I'm like, as soon as you had it angled in and you're landing and you get the gist, it just goes right down. It took me two tries. The second time I had it, no problem, which is, let's say, three three to 5% of the amount of tries it took me to do the scene at the end of the game where you got to like sneak up on some dude. And I'm like, serious. I'm almost at the point where I'm going to watch a video walkthrough, but that's okay. We're not there, and it doesn't wreck the game in any way, shape, or form. No, but ga game dev me was like, where are the walkable areas? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? It actually was me not understanding the concept of what they were trying to do with the satellite dish and how it all worked. I would, t I would disagree because I knew, okay, you know, we'll get there. We don't need to Tarantino everybody no, we'll and do the there. same backwards. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the point is, yeah, it was it was a, a cute little beginning. I like the helicopter ride. Don't even ask me how the game was. I'm I'm just saying, yes, those were those were the things. Ah, see, I forgot I was going to, but you reminded me. So, like, how is the game? No, I won't do that to you. Oh so, no, no, no. <laughs> you, it was good. It was. I liked it. Was sexy. I liked how the whole game kind of once you got into it started with you having a nice shower with your lady. I blew that. I fucked that up. I, I immediate and I knew that I did because like. There's something that he says. Anyway, I get out of bed and I put on the clothes and, and there's no. I did it too. Oh, you did? I see, but you must have reloaded or something because I, I didn't. Yeah. I restored. Yeah. I restored because I was like, I bet because I, I, I got dressed and I tried going in and they're like, well, why would you want to go in with all your clothes on? And then it was like, I go to take off my clothes and it's like, well, you're already dressed even though you smell kind of bad. And I'm like, oh, that was crap. right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, but I didn't have a save and I didn't want to do the intro again, mm. the helicopter thing again. So, <laughs> yeah, I, so I was just like, great. And I'm not getting all the points, like just right out of the gate. I mean, yeah, I'm not a victim here because I could have taken like what was like six minutes to redo it, but, but I didn't. I was like, you know, fuck it. We'll, we'll do it live. But anyway, mm -hmm. <laughs> real quick, what the, the overall story is about is I, I loved it because it has like the, it has a murder mystery element to it. Like, it, and then there was none sort of vibe because there's this whole, list of characters that are all involved and they all have different reasons for being there. Um, and it's also, you know, spooky. It's, 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 mm -hmm. you know, kind of got like a scary vibe to it as well. So the idea is that you, you've been hired by, by somebody who I should know his name because they, they do beat names to death in this game. Like they, they, they really, really, maybe even overdo it with the names. I think they're doing it to, to help you like know the characters along the way. But I have opinions on that too, actually, because I'm like, it, you have to, you, because in every game I've ever played, this is what I do. I, whoever I'm closest to, talk man, talk lady, like, I don't know, I probably even know their name, but it's just what I've always done. So I'm like, talk man. And it almost like, with the game was kind of like, this is something that kind of offends me. 
the game. Right. And it's like, I really don't like it when you're not acknowledging the name that I made. So I'd really like it if you could use it. And it's fine. And you know what? I respect that choice because it gave you the F6 option, which is like, okay, who's in this room? F6 tells me I can go up and say hi to each person. And so because of that, I'm okay with the, the decision. Right. Yeah. They handled that. They did handle that in like the perfect way. Exactly. Having, having the F6 always tells you it's there, but there's, I'm trying to count on screen quickly and multitask, which is just not happening, but one, two, three, four, you're all going to have to hear me count out loud and I'm starting over one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So there's 10 characters in this game, including yourself. So you're, you're Mike, your girlfriend, Sarah, and then there's eight more characters. Um, mm -hmm. so, so yeah, it is, it is like a lot off the bat and, and, and so yeah, they do, they do the name thing, but it's, it's neat cause everybody's there for a different reason and you're in the Mary, um, just mm -hmm. a great name. And it's like this oil rig somewhere super cold and, <laughs> and inconvenient mm -hmm. and you just, uh, you know, you're there to, well, you're not told ex the truth or the exact reason of why you're there until like after the first day, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, everybody kind of has a, a meet. Well, then there's a seance and stuff, you know, the, the progression. Actually, the whole game has a really nice amount of progression. If you think, at, well, what am I going to just wander around lost from room to room? But then stuff happens. What's in the room changes. And once you understand the layout of the game, it's actually not that confusing. So, now, I do. I did struggle a lot with the navigation, but I, I'm very like navigationally challenged like I, I really struggle with which even basic left and rights have always been have always been an issue for me mm -hmm. so i had a really hard time like eventually i got it in my head like the the, the right side of the mary was like you know like the mm -hmm. lab and the doctor's office and like more like those things and the left side was mostly the dorms but it was it was it was kind of a disaster for me to navigate but that that wasn't the game's fault because they have a map mm -hmm. in the game which is probably which the i never used <laughs> <laughs> which I never used successfully, but I stopped at yeah. several times. It, it, it can be, mm -hmm. the map can be a little frustrating, but that's not their fault because of the resolution. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. you have to use the arrow keys to get the big map arrow over the square that you want to know yeah. what it is. And then you press, you know, an F key. So it, I, I mean, as far as I could tell, it's probably the, the best solution that you could come up with for AGI. So it's like the best they could do in that scenario. But yeah, anyway, it, it was a little tough to navigate, but it, like you said, everything's kind of like, the pacing is really good in this game. Mm -hmm. The pacing is good. Oh, ooh, and my favorite thing about this game, and it always makes me happy in a game, is when I hit F5 and I saved my game. I hit F7 and it restored my game. I hit Tab. Oh, there's my inventory. I hit F3 and it brings my text back up that I had previously yeah. written before. And all of those were so bloody satisfying as a Sierra player to have work in a game. Yeah. Yeah, especially F three. That one was awesome because you have to talk to everybody several times. It's, it's like a it's it's a mini version of several things. Like it's a, like a mm -hmm. there's like, it, it's like almost a compact kernel's bequest vibe because of the the mystery. Like okay, so mm -hmm. I'll back and up the progression, yeah, and mm -hmm. the progression, right? Exactly, and, and not you know real time mechanics, but the, yeah, the progression of the timing. So to take a step back for the listeners, it's like we're in the Mary. Some are cold, often snowed in, but not all the time. You can go outside on certain days and explore, which is nice. And it's supposedly haunted by, wait, Inuit's the okay word to use, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th I hope so. At least, well, yeah, just, yeah, <laughs> it's in the game, no, I feel. Just nobody say the E word, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I didn't say the other one, the, the you know, the, the other... The other the word other that word. I guess we're not allowed to say for some, not for I'm sure valid reason, I just, I better stop. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Exactly. So anyway, just a bunch of nonsense. And then long story short, there's, there's a haunting going on because the, the rich guy who brought you there, uh, his father was trying to get oil from the site. Like he, he purchased the property and built the Mary just to extract the oil from the land. The local Inuits were like bloody, you know, knock it off. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to knock it off. And so the Inuit froze to death in the snow and we are here to get closure, I guess, on the situation or, you know, find out more about the spirits. And that, that part's kind of vague until the rich guy gives you more details. But the point is, is that you're ultimately there with another, with a team of, there's like a paranormal scientist who is chin, mm-hmm. chin, chin, something. Chin, yeah. He's his existence is more racist than what I almost said with the E thing. <laughs> I mean, he is just yeah. a Crayola just shade of yellow, mm-hmm. but <laughs> this was easier to talk about with Rick on the, the first time through. <laughs> it would have been. It was, yeah. It was it's nice having a, a token Asian guy with you to get through this guy. <laughs> where's the, where's the Jewish representation? That's where I was Thank coming you. from. Just, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Throw anyway, that, in there. Yeah, that, that should get us off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just reverse Jewish guilt works every time. Um, anyway, enough about racism. It's <laughs> taking up a shocking amount of this episode. <laughs> you know, in our show notes, the one thing we didn't account for was talking about racist stuff for a long No, long we're time. not good at that. It's like going back and talking about any of the older games. It's like, you know. Yeah, it's just everyone's so serious, and we're just we're not, and you know that because you're you're here listening to us. And this is the first time you're listening to us, and maybe you don't know I'm that. Sorry. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if this is the first time, I'm sorry. I mean, this would be an interesting. If this is <laughs> right, if this is the first time, it's also the last time. Just let them go. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Actually, probably the last one because I talked about my cat. That might have been a. It depends on if you like cats or not, really. But I won't do it again. <laughs> Yeah, and it really polarizes the whole cat dog uh, demographic. It does. We lost I'm a dog so person. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> lost them all together. But yeah, okay. So the game was good. The commands were great. It was super duper in the style of, like I said, you could be replaying Police Quest 1 or just any one of those super early kind of games. And you'd feel perfectly comfortable thinking that this came, came from a Sierra standpoint, except for it's just a little tiny bit grittier naughtier in in a different way than even a space quest game was it's that little bit of modern sort of humor to it i that does set it apart a bit yeah that's what's a good point so this came out in in 04 ish or whatever Mm -hmm. you were there earlier in the episode you guys you you heard it and (laughs) i'm sure we were more accurate then um and so it was like it was I mean, really, AG, um, Adventure Game Studio was just getting started. There really wasn't like this abundance of like, you know, indie adventure games. Like this, this is like emerging out of like the the, the so called dead period of adventure games. So this game was actually done in AGI, like Sierra's AGI engine, and and it it's just it hits a weird period of time because it. It, it came out really just before like a bunch of like fan games, like before like, you know, Ben Jordan, paranormal investigator from Grundeslav and before the Shiva from, you know, uh, Dave Gilbert and Wajedai. Like it was before that stuff. And before mm-hmm. there was like means to, to make this stuff easily. Cause I'm sure it was just very difficult to, to make this in AGI in, in the two thousands mm-hmm. and or the noughties. And I um, <laughs> love that. And so anyway, it, it's, it's like it, you put you let your guard down and kind of let it in as like this like forgotten Sierra game, but then it does hit you with like these rougher indie edges, like just just little things with maybe the art or like 
you, you can tell that they didn't do it with a commercial sale in mind. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. They, they just, they weren't Very concerned about like this broad commercial spectrum. They were just making a game they wanted to make, which is part of its charm and why it's awesome. Cause it's just, yeah, you could tell that they were, they were having fun with it. I think. Maybe yeah, so. it's, it is charming. And I, I said, it is kind of hard to Google it. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. as far as like marketing things go, I'm like enclosure, enclosure, 2004, enclosure, PC game. Like it's just the, the right combination of words to make information about this game come up was a little bit challenging. I admit in 2004, I'm sure the internet was a little bit less cluttered, but now it, it definitely does get mixed up in there. What did you think of the 3D version, by the way? Right. So that the inspiration plates again was the 3D and I, I thought it was awesome. Like I, mm. I, I really, this game, I was nervous when I downloaded, it, I was a little bit nervous that it was going to like be nauseating or just like too much movement mm-hmm. or cause if you watch like a trailer of it in 3D, it just kind of, it kind of like left, right, left, right. Just like all these 3D scenes. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I'll be able to stand like, you know, a whole game that's just like waving and moving around like this, but it, it was at no point did I notice any sort of like aversion to its 3Dness, let's say. So that was all worry for not. And it, the game serves it well, right? Because you're you're going through a lot of like corridors, like is that is that mm-hmm. something like that, right? Like a fancy word for hallway. And so it, <laughs> it just it works really well. It like kind of brings the hallway towards you, and it's just endlessly trippy for for lack of a better word because it's AGI and it's like beautifully rendered in three in a 3d that i can't even explain like truly 3d where like every scene has multiple la- levels of parallax going on and mm-hmm. I, it's it, trippy, right yeah, <laughs> and you can switch back and forth if you don't like the 3d actually totally get the new version it worked right away it gave me no problems and you can switch between the 3d and the non-3d anytime you like to catch an idea of what all of it looked like because uh, i know uh yeah mousemus you did a fantastic job on the 3d wow yeah like it definitely makes me want to see more things done in this it, i i can't mm-hmm. imagine the amount of work like i'm sure it's just not <laughs> that easy I'm, no. uh, you know said I, i'm i really almost be curious to know more about how they did it because i guess you would need almost the original art files because there is like mm-hmm. like when you go outside for example so so if you can't visualize it i'll do a real poor job of helping you um just imagine mm-hmm. a big old red metal building in in the arctic and and a snowy mountainous backgrounds and and mm-hmm. Mousem has made like a, a parallax of that where the background was was like um what's that word oh yeah blurry it was like blurred mm-hmm. out and then there was like you know the focus gets greater as you come forward and it was just done in like all these layers and it makes mm-hmm. me wonder like how you could do that unless you had like not only the original artwork but then also can like assuming the original artwork was done in layers so, mm-hmm. but it was the original artwork because it's all identical. So anyway, the whole thing is just a trip. And I think that that is kind of fun to have in your mind as you're playing it too. There is this like, how did they do this element? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I'd not seen anything like it. And it was much preferable to seeing the 3D photos that flash up on Facebook where people are like, oh, it's my 3D photo. I don't like that. But I do like the enclosure 3D. And, and at first when I saw it, I was like worried it would be like stomachy because I'm like not into VR very much, but it's not. It's really, it's classy, man. It's really classy. It is. It looks like it was designed to be in 3D. It is extremely mm-hmm. complimentary and it just, it adds, I think it adds a potentially missing element or ingredient to this game that it almost needs because in 2004 it wasn't competing against like the thousands of indie adventure games like we were just mentioning so it's like nowadays like like why should i play this it's like that's exactly why it's a really cool experience to be able to play it in the, in the 3d 
Um, mm-hmm. And then otherwise, like you, the, the style of the art was really cool because it's like the black frames around all the rooms. Like it's just, it's mm-hmm. so authentic to how Sierra did everything in the AGI era. Like there's something so gratifying about like the doctor's office with the tile on the walls or the kitchen. It's mm-hmm. it just, yeah, it feels, it, 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 the art feels very authentic. And, uh, and here where I'm going to hit a little heavy into spoilers for a moment, which I don't always do, but this time I am. But when it gets later in the game and the crazy scenes start happening and everything gets so much more visceral, the art and the 3D rendering of the art even makes it more powerful because it's already kind of powerful the way that the music which is beautiful by the way and so atmospheric but the way that the music changes the tone and then the the crazy art with so few colors it just it brought me to Manhunter which I know Paul you said you haven't spent a huge amount of time with but maybe a little bit but Manhunter did the same thing with very few colors it managed to make these visceral like horrifying epic scenes so they, they both did that really well in their own style no I absolutely as, as a matter of fact i would say like all the all the like bips and bleeps of 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 agi were were so effective and haunting and ominous and like these little little melodies were coinciding with like the discoveries that you were com- you were making like they they, mm-hmm. they complemented it so well to where it it got it literally had the hairs on my arm raised at one point. I played I played this whole game and this this is just one of those in case the original developers and even Mousemus, of course, but in case Fimodu is is listening, to just say that I played this with my eight year old son and he he adored it like the whole way through. Like this is like a kid mm. who I mean, yeah, I've kind of indoctrinated him with <laughs> just a little. <laughs> <laughs> Did he ever have a choice? But at the same time, like what he really does with his own choices and free time is play Roblox and you know, bullshit mm-hmm. like that. So like to say that he was engrossed with this game, uh, we played it I think in like two, three hour chunks in two different nights. And I mean he was just he was in it like the whole time and he's like okay Dave like he made sure that when I save each game it said like the day we were on and then the save like he was very into this game and mm-hmm. there was like this one scene where like he jumped and it made the, the hairs on my uh, arm raise that's a weird hard sentence for me to say I want to say the arms on my hair raise but anyway mm-hmm. it's like a heat seater in a car but it's really a seat heater I guess <laughs> I, I make that mistake all the flipping time oh my <laughs> god I can't believe you say that I d- dude I just like two days ago and people make fun of me for that one how do you eat it's more natural that way right it's like it works yes. better the other way I know heat seater I know, I know. <laughs> oh my god that is so weird to hear that coming out of somebody else's mouth <laughs> <laughs> so it's, anyways i had to i showed him because i'm like look look at the hairs on my because he, he's like still wrapping his head around like how you know just life works so i'm like this is what you know hairs on your arms look like in case you never saw it i don't know but like i, I got to explain this shit to him perhaps maybe i don't i probably don't but anyway i remember it's very very you know clearly because of that and then there's another scene i won't spoil i'm not saying which scenes no, did what on not purpose. hard spoiling but yeah 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 exactly spoils. <laughs> and there was another one that made me jump and actually let out like a, some sort of noise and then that noise scared him because he my son handled it better than i did <laughs> but the point is is like the the yeah the, the little bleeps and bloops and, and and the sound effects like the the kind of like echoing haunting hollow tinny sounds that they were playing mm-hmm. in the background like it's it's done quite masterfully, to be honest. Like it is, it it really, and it's funny because uh, Anna, your son Jacob was was playing the Colonel's Bequest at the mm-hmm. same time we were playing this, and there is a lot of similarities in the sense of like how effective this resolution can be with with the right amount of nudges from the music. 
Oh my gosh, yeah, because he was I I was like, "Oh, what's up?" and and he was in the room where the clock is ticking before he discovered the first secret passage, right? Mm. He's like, "Oh my gosh, this room is scary." And then he went into the room with the chandelier and he still doesn't know the chandelier or kill him at the time or nothing. He's just he's walking along the side, but he's like, "I got that feeling on the inside of my throat. It feels like something's caught in my throat." Oh, and nice. every time I come in this room, I get this feeling and and then he's like, "Oh, the ticking of the clock is so unsettling." Oh, he's like, I almost can't stand it. And then, and then he opened the passage and was like, the clicking of the clock stopped. And he's just like, oh, phew, what a relief. That was right. intense, you know? Right. And I'm like, those are the feels. Those are really the feels, man. The thank you so much for bringing that to the conversation. Because to, to anybody who hasn't played Enclosure, and I'm sure a lot of you are at least familiar with her have played Colonel's Bequest, it, it mm. does that. It really does it an does. amazing it job actually, of giving you those vibes. It actually does. Yeah. It's so good. I put headphones in because there's stuff going around. And, and I realized as soon as I started playing the game, because at first I'm like, what do I care? It's just like a text game and there might be some music in the background. But then I realized very, very quickly that the music was an integral part of the whole experience. And once I put on headphones, Phones and fully started experiencing the game like what a good trip like what a cool feeling that i haven't had from playing a game in such a long time yes yeah and so and two quick notes to anna messaged me saying that that jacob that her son was going to continue to play it but not until she was around and that's adorable yeah. <laughs> you know he's like you need to be in the room when i play it because you know i like it when we talk about the game when i'm yeah. playing it I'm like, yeah 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 like, you don't even know what's gonna happen buddy this game will get you <laughs> yeah, was, that was a mix i'm like sci has still got it you know 2023 it it's still making him not want to so that's awesome and I will say too is that um, I, I mentioned I, we played this in two like three hour chunks ish. Yep. And so the morning after the first time, I, I hadn't closed the game out, and I was just I was working on art for Phantom Fellows, and and just this like very low volume hollowing was going on, and I and it like was affecting my morning after like two or three hours. I'm like, all right, what is that? Like, what is going on here? Why is everything so eerie around here today? And and it was just I left enclosure on. <laughs> oh man that's great that's like the one of my uh, good friends from the classic gamers gilda josh was saying he was standing in a lineup and he was listening to music and he, he started feeling really irritated and it turns out he was listening to the coffee protection music from like space quest 4 or something so it was like <laughs> intentionally supposed to make you feel that way so as soon as he changed the song he's like oh everything's fine now <laughs> that's awesome uh, yeah, it's, it is. It is exactly like that. Is that was that Orion or uh, Stewart? Oh, Stewart. Yeah, sorry, but uh, both fantastic people, of course. I, oh, right. I shouldn't have made you pick, right? <laughs> <laughs> now they know I've chosen that they're both amazing. <laughs> well played. Now, you, yeah, you covered that perfectly. Um, Thank you. Okay, so I only have two notes, and I luckily haven't got to either of them yet, which is delightful. Um, oh, right. Yes. Two notes. I do. I have two notes as well. So perfect <laughs> because I'd like to, I will do our little notes and then, and then I want to have a few other little talks about things and yes, do the thing. Perfect. So, so mine, I, I said pacing earlier, but didn't really talk about it. So this, this game is set up in, is it four days? I think it's four days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's set in four days. And I, it's, I, I think the, I think maybe even the first time around, I might've even gone the opposite direction and thought the pacing was odd because I'll, uh, uh, you would arguably a disproportionate amount happens in the fourth day, but mm -hmm. this playthrough around, I really, I actually kind of think the pacing is brilliant because it, it's, mm -hmm. it allows you to like take your shoes off, walk around, get to know everybody in the Mary, talk to all these new characters and, 
you know, start to f- formulate little like subtle biases against them. Like I think this guy's <laughs> going to be, he did it and, <laughs> and things oh. like that. And, you know, yeah, start to take inventory of everybody around. Um, day three is really short, which is actually kind of nice in, in a, in a way, mm-hmm. in like a setting up sort of way, but it's, it's laid out quite nicely. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I really appreciate how quickly things fall apart in this game. So yeah, like, me too. Right. Mm-hmm. So like day one and two is like, you know, getting to know everybody or let's say, set day, yeah, set up is day one. Day, day two is like almost more set up in like the gathering inventory sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Day three is like a bridge. And then day four, it's like things just fall apart fast. And I think because of that is where a lot of these like jumpy emotions come from. Because it's like this, mm-hmm. this, oh, this sense of chaos that you can't keep up with settles in where it's like things just start happening and don't stop to where you're just like, it's very unnerving. In, in mm-hmm. a great way, in a very much like serves the story sort of way, where it's just like chin chin dies, and and then from there it's just like kind of a buckle up situation. Things get fucked really quickly. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And if and if it's not happening really quickly at any time, there's like a Power Ranger essentially that'll come out and say, "Hey, you having a little bit of trouble? You want a little bit of guidance?" And unfortunately, whether you like it or not, he's going to give it to you, but he'll, he'll kind of direct you and you know put you on on cue. Yeah, that was really, really clever of the programmers too to have that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it was on a timer, but it was. It, I, I would I guess it was a game, right? Like, like yeah, timer from last interaction, or maybe depending on whether you had an inventory item or not, doesn't matter. But <laughs> I do want to know in like a nerdy sense. But, um, mm-hmm. but that was yeah, that was very cool. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, that was my my little pacing note. Was I think that was really well done. Um, mm-hmm. The other well, okay, I'm gonna save my second note and pass over to you. But before I do. Um, I'm going to name my favorite part of the game and then I'd like to know yours. So this is, don't mm-hmm. listen to me, but think of your favorite part while I talk. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite part is, okay, your girlfriend, Sarah has a, has discovered like a journal hidden behind some books. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, she's reading the journal for, from a girl who was working at the plantation or at the, the refinery, I guess, long ago. Um, just noting how like things are getting creepier and there seems to be like the spirit and things start to unravel and, then she's like, okay, well, you know, we're kind of desperate for, for, I forgot, honestly, but she said, we're going, we have to get on the jet ski or <laughs> we have to get on the snowmobiles and venture out mm-hmm. to find something for, for a valid reason at the time. And, yeah. you know, I'm going it, to, it's very apparent that she doesn't return because you found her journal. And then you get to go out and explore outside of, outside of the Mary. Um, and, and you eventually get to, well, actually you have to get past my least favorite part of the game to get into the, hmm. the, the snowmobile arcade sequence. Any adventurer's yeah. least favorite part of the game, uh, uh, you know, is the arcade sequence, but, but you get to like this giant, like ice thing and you break the ice open and you find like the frozen bodies of these people. And one of them is the girl and she's clutching like another diary and you get to read that part of the diary. And that was just, ah, it was so adventure gaming and satisfying. I love that part. Yeah, actually it was. And it's funny, I was going to mention that my favorite part was that when you get through the hole and you make the hole in the ice and you get to go in and you find the old encampment and it's it's sad and it's poignant and it's interesting and it gives you more information. I actually really liked that part of the game. Um, I also, I really liked the references to Gwydion. and I thought it was pretty funny too with, with the switch in the bookshelf. What do you think this is? And who do you think you are? And then at the end with the book, right. you know, just those little in-jokes and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, well played. And it wasn't as many as you, I guess you would think. It was like a Sierra amount of them, right? Because Sierra would just put one or two, right? Yeah. yeah so they didn't. Not many at all. Yeah, they didn't beat it to death, which was nice. Um, but yeah, you're right. That the, see the, the the ice cave scene where you find their frozen bodies. It's really it's quite mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there is- I really like that. I mean, I didn't like it like it. You know what I mean? I appreciated the scene for what it was and what it meant. And I could feel the scene. It was a very, very well put together scene. You know what it was that really hit me in that scene was, I guess, I guess this is heavy spoilers, but I don't think it matters. Um, <laughs> it's like, is in her journal when she's like, Okay, so so you found their frozen bodies. So just setting this up for the listeners. You you've read the first few pages, like Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. You're reading her journal as she's kind of stranded out here in this ice cave, mm-hmm. trying to survive because her snowmobiles broke down and they're too far to walk back during a storm. And you know she's she's describing how the situation's falling apart around them and how she's kind of screwed and coming to terms with her you know mortality. Which really all of this is you know needs no reasoning as to why we found it sad and powerful but but then there's this part where she's like the it's her and two two guys and and mm-hmm. so in the writing she's just like so and so and so and so haven't moved in a while and like the way it was written was very like she knows they're dead but she doesn't mm-hmm. want to confirm it like she, she's, she's just like well they they haven't moved in a while like she doesn't want to really just like face the fact that that, that her the only two people left in her life are dead now because she's just like well they you know they're they're they must be sleeping kind of vibe. Like, I don't know. There's just something very human about like, you know, that might be what we <laughs> think if we were there. Yeah, it was really good. Really good it stuff. It was. It actually, it took me rather nerdily to an episode of Red Dwarf where they initially got Crichton. I don't care if you know the show or not, but my point is when they initially <laughs> got Crichton, he was uh, he was still on a spaceship and the people that he'd been caring for, the ladies on there who he thought were still quite alive were skeletons. But of course, he'd been feeding and caring for them for like hundreds of years. But he didn't want to admit to them that they were dead, right? And so it was just funny, this whole realization period that he went through of all of it. Anyways, that's the funny side of a sad sad scene. It is. And a fun fact, Crichton would go on to write Jurassic Park. I don't know if anybody <laughs> knows that. I'm sorry. Very good. That's all right, Snaghead. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You got you got notes for you. Give us, give us a note. Actually, I kind of gave them to you while we were talking. It was about the ice cave. It was the poignancy there and the Gwydian references. So we covered those pretty quickly. Like I, I liked I liked the relationship you had with your girlfriend was very real. I felt they did love each other. It was a little bit like naughty. And, you know, I think it it happens like that. If you're in a relationship with somebody and you do these crazy adventures, especially things that are maybe on the more wild or illegal side or run a business together or do things like that, it ends up giving you that that kind of a a neat connection that they had in the game. So I, I did think that was cool. And like you said, it was heavy on the names in the game, but I thought it made me laugh every time somebody was like, overusing the word Mike, like your name, the way that they had people talk to you in this like deadpan, straightforward, okay, Mike, wait, just, it just seemed so funny to me. No, I totally agree. Well, so both your points, one I'll say is like, yeah, there was like a Bonnie Clyde sort of vibe, right? Like this like mm-hmm. high stakes, high passion sort of thing going on with them. And <laughs> the, I think even in the first, the original episode where I previously had just played this game and talked about it, I, I may have even mentioned that, that it was a little annoying the, mm-hmm. there, there was like a little, but I, I, and I, so I went into it this time expecting that and it wasn't there. I'm like, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Like it really wasn't. Yeah. I looked at it more like you were describing like this kind of Bonnie Clyde, like high passion sort of way. And there's just not that many interactions between the two of you for mm-hmm. to have gotten to like thick and lovey dovey. But, um, and then to, to your second point, that's ah, a big ask. Can I remember that? That was like a minute mm-hmm. and a half ago. Uh, no, no, I can't is the answer. No, <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. But I have another note. I'm going to read that. And that is, um, oh, the game did characterization really well. Oh, I remember the point now is I think what made that you were saying the name thing and that made it kind of funny for you. I think the Mm -hmm. 
the part of the name thing was that they insisted on the first and last name for everybody yeah. all the time. Like there was never like it's day three, you've got this. It's it's not Lisa, it's Lisa McIntyre every time. So like, hey, Mike Goodman, how like it, I think that that did make it. It depends on your mood. It was either annoying or funny. I think we both found it kind of funny, so that's good. Yeah, I just I found like I said, I I love the game and so many things about it. And and fine if if you've made the game and you're listening, I would love for you to tell me I'm wrong or that that's just silly. But I just I wonder if it was maybe a pet peeve or something that maybe people didn't use or learn the names in a game. And maybe if I were the developer, if I were imagining, I'd be like, look, there's like ten characters. If a person can't bothered to learn their names there's so such little to this game i'll make it easier for them there but like come on <laughs> maybe i'm right. wrong maybe you don't think about it that way but that's how i imagine it it makes me laugh i think it's great <laughs> yeah no, I, I i agree with you like i think that would be the approach there's also it was almost done like a novel like like it was mm -hmm. and i'm not it made me think while i was playing I'm like were sierra games like this in a like before portraits let's say like you know for dialogue, dialogue boxes, like, uh, mm -hmm. AGI era, right? So anybody listening, like the, the white box with the red front, the red, you know, I want to say string exactly. for some reason, but the red bar around it. And, mm -hmm. um, and I was just like, I don't know, Sierra, cause they laid it out very much like a novel, like da, 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 Mike said, and, I, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't not for better or worse. Um, it, it, it it just, just observationally, I guess, I thought it was kind of interesting. But yeah, and it did, it totally did help because I just said Lisa McIntyre, and that is a character's name. So, <laughs> like, it worked. It's, it's like a lot of them are in there. Um, okay. So I actually thought the scientist Chin was a girl for most of the first day. And it wasn't until somebody referred to them as a boy that I was like, oh, so, like, I guess I didn't even notice that. Oh, I, was, I was so convinced it was going to be a female character before I played it for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that's odd. Because you could have just said now it was a female. It would have been like, oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ambiguous a little bit almost, which yeah. is fine. I mean, I don't need everybody to be or girl or a boy. They can be whatever they want to be. You know what? This episode's already one of our more political episodes, and we barely said it. That's fine. Yeah, no, the, the, the whole Arctic community is going to be down our throats later. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, true. It's true. I can't, and the I, can't, I can't even make the jokes I want to make right now. So moving on. Okay. But we can all imagine them, and they're hilarious. They no, are they're not, because so nothing's funny. funny. Yeah. No, no, we're not allowed. We're going to get. Okay. I don't yeah. even. Okay, that's good. How do we Moving on. Characterization so, was amazing in this game. Just, characterization yeah. was amazing. It was very good. It was personable. The flow was great. I really liked it. I would recommend you guys playing it. It is so good. It is the only game that has been featured twice on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But it's, it, I, I was so excited about it. I had to have Anna, you know, jump in on this and and give it a go and yeah it's it's a lot of fun so if you like sierra agi games it, it really i stand by my statement from the first time this this show did an episode on this game which was it does still feel like a like a missing sierra game like yes there is some like aspects of it whereas we said earlier it's like you can tell it's not for a commercial audience so it's like i'm not i guess what i'm saying is don't you know expect like a c a completely sierra super polished commercial product but you can definitely mm -hmm. go in expecting like all the charm and all the basic ideas of it, the puzzles we didn't really talk about too much, but like, um, it's pretty light on the puzzles, I guess. It's light. Like I said, the ending puzzle, you have to go and get a guy and shot him, shoot him and you can't get caught. Um, and that was kind of a pain in the butt because it took me a really long time, but I mean, it was doable and didn't take as long as some other puzzles. Ooh, ooh. And after credits, they have like the, they have outtakes. If you ever play the mm -hmm. game, don't stop the game before the credits are done. So worth it. Stick around. 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I'm trying to think, yeah, because I, I think the puzzles were actually quite enjoyable in a sense. Like they were all pretty. Um, I didn't have to go Googling for figuring stuff out on this game. Uh, other than, like I said, at the end, I Googled to figure out how to get past the guy with the gun because I couldn't figure out the pattern. Right. Like I'm thinking like you see the cat with the mouse and you're like, I'm going to have to get that yeah. mouse at some point. So you know that. <laughs> and you know and the rest to- of it, you know, you're going to have to get the berry. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something with a plant where you're like, I'm going to either need like gloves to touch it or something to, and then he's like, I need to water at all times. It's killing my social life, which is very funny. Um, I know I like that. <laughs> it made me laugh. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just a really good time and it's light and it's breezy and you could play it in, I don't know, because I played it with my eight year old, as yeah. I said. So it took, you know, a long time. Um, how long would it's you say? Two hours. Nice. Two, two and a half hours tops if An you're afternoon. not playing with the kid. Yeah, an yeah. afternoon. And I, I got full points on it. And I only on a fluke because I went after I did some fishing and I did what I had to do with the fish uh, for the cat. And then I was like, hey, can I go fishing again? And I was curious. And then I realized right. I was like, oh, wait, I can actually do something with this. So it's it's a bonus thing. You don't actually have to do it. But it was kind of neat that it was in there. And there's some really good little little tiny character animations that, that I, I just mm-hmm. I need to give credit to because like the fishing rod is just they nailed that yeah. like it is so bendy and oh, so satisfying and I'm they did great and looking at the inventory items close up I really liked that mm-hmm. yeah that's done really well there's uh, one of the characters Owen is is <laughs> another really <laughs> funny part of the game um, yeah I guess I guess I shouldn't even say anything about spoilers but it. It, 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 it's even funnier later in the game, like the context mm-hmm. of it, but, but you find Owen just knocking on a wall and it's, mm-hmm. it's a great animation. And you're like, what are you doing? And he's mm-hmm. like, hunting for ghosts. And you're like, yeah, he just sitting on a chair in the middle of a hallway. It's beautiful. <laughs> just knocking on the wall. That animations. there's so many tiny, just charming, adorable animations. And it's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. really fun. If you like AGI, then you'll like this. If you want, um, like a traditional comprehensive review of this as we never do um, pushing mm-hmm. up roses um, has an awesome video on enclosure. It's it's this game doesn't have like a ton of love or attention because it wasn't commercial and it, it's in that yeah. weird period of time. So um, it was, it was a nice kind of surprise to, to see that, that uh, well to see years ago that she had done this video. So you guys could always check out her channel. It's awesome, but she did a great video on this too. I agree. And speaking of uh, videos and creating things, I think it's about time in the show that we start doing a little chat about uh, Dev Corner and Phantom Fellows and what you've been up to in the game. Because I totally want to know. Nice. Okay, right. We're going to do this now. I committed to a while ago and now regret. But it's <laughs> So we're going to try and do a Dev Corner because I'm, I'm getting closer to the end and we're going to do it at the end of the episodes because I know that you guys didn't sign up for this shit. So if you don't want anything to do with it, then you can just leave. So it's great. Like you get to, or in other words, I'm not going to be a dick and like put it in the beginning of the episode where it's like, <laughs> got to hear about my day first. Like as nobody potentially cares. So we're just going to do this Dev thing at the end. That way it's like, hey, you know, feel free to go. We're just going to spend an extra 10 minutes going over where we're at with the game because it, it seems like more people care than I would like to admit as far as like, you know, mm-hmm. wanting to know where things are at and what it's like to make a game. And it's I, pretty I, important. I don't and know I've been noticing. Yeah. 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 You've been yeah, noticing. I find it hard to believe, even though I would probably want to hear myself. But then again, I went, you know, I would go on <laughs> to make a game. So that was always in me. That's the paradox. I don't know. 
Well, I've been noticing that you've been, uh, there's been a lot of new art floating around for your game lately. Like you had a game and you had things set up, play the demo, everything looks one way. And now it's like you've been going back and revamping all of your scenes. And now they've got like this 3D texture happening and like all different kinds of like lights and and cool effects. Are you actually making other changes right now? Or are you just kind of prettying things up? Why are you doing this? Okay. All right. So how about this? Okay. We'll do for this dev corner will be how, how things have changed from demo to now, just in a, in a, in a, in a hopefully kind of quick way. Um, okay. So yeah. Okay. So the art, the art changed a lot. I've redid, I think every, yeah, every room, every single room got, got redone. Um, most of them got drastically redone and then just, <laughs> just a few of them got like, a kind of almost like a more 3d touch up. Um, and it's, it's all still chunky pixel art, <clears throat> it's like 160 by 100 resolution, super chunky. Um, so when I say 3D, it's like, you know, using pixels and contrast and whatever. But yeah, it's it's it all got quite quite a makeover because I just, you know, I, I found my way with, with pixel art and what I wanted to do. And I've, I finally found inspiration. I was like, I need to make this game... I love where I live. I live I live in, in Boulder-ish, Colorado, and it's just the most beautiful place I've, I've ever been to, and that's that's why I moved here. And I was like, you know, I, I was lacking direction on, on like visual direction art and artistic direction on this game, and I was like, well, I should just you know make it make it look like where I live because you like that a lot, and then then you'll know what to draw, and and that all just worked out, thank God. Um, so that was kind of like the inspiration between between going back and doing it, I just wanted to give it more of its own personality. I, I felt like, like it, you know, it had, we all knew where like roots were of the game and things like that. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's out of puberty now and it's, it's, it's blossoming <laughs> into its own, its own little flower. Um, yeah, that was gross, but yeah, I said it <laughs> and I'm not editing this. So there's, that's just, we'll deal with that. But, um, but yeah, so that's on, on the art side, everything got a remake. Um, if you had played the demo, then it's got a, the demo has like a very traditional baked in Sierra sort of drop down menu style, which, which is not gone, but I've completely overhauled the GUI and, and everything looks gorgeous. And it's, well, in my opinion, gorgeous in, in its own direction. And it's, um, yeah, I've just, I guess I learned how to code better. So like, you don't have to use the drop down menu anymore if you don't want to, but you can, and everything has its own custom icons and custom mouse icons and things like that. And, multiple different ways to like switch characters now whether it's keybinds or or in that drop down menu or hotkeys whatever so all that changed um yeah what else right and it looks like a lot of the art you've done really focused on light play it seems like uh is that a fascination with you or uh, i mean it really adds a lot of charm it takes a, what could be a simple room and you add a little bit of fog or you add the lights in and it totally changes it entirely you've got like these funky rainbows and stuff going on i love it though Thank you. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's what I have the most fun with. It's like I, I uh, yeah, it's what I want to see, I guess. And I, you know, I I took a lot of inspiration, I think, in in deciding to make a game from like Ben Chandler and a lot of his work with with Wajedai or with Grundislav, and he he introduced me to the idea of like you can do really complex lighting in in, in a pixel art game, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly how he does it, but on my end, it's like I draw everything in, in 160 by 100, and then I double it to the traditional Sierra 360 by 200 size, and then I do the lighting in that. So it's like you get these chunky pixels in, in the 160, 100 size, and then the lighting effects is basically double the pixels. So it allows me to 
just kind of trip trip myself out. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and a lot of that is what Ben Chandler's work looks like, where just, you know, the lighting, the glow around the light will be just, you know, twice or maybe even more the amount of pixels that the surrounding room is. And it just gives you like this really cool like contrast. I love mm-hmm. anything with high amounts of contrast is, is always fascinating to me. So yeah, it's just I'm able to get the amount of mood and and I guess really this contrast is like the best word for it. I love the mix of like old giant chunky pixels with just like kind of mind blowing like clouds or lighting things that, that are just like, yeah, make you take a second look sort of thing. It's the most fun mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Well, I'm kind of obsessing over it too. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, Can't wait to to see it all put together. Well, cool. Okay, so you've some design changes, some development changes, some graphics changes, and I mean that's what a game is, though, right? You're you're you have a baby, and when you when they're new, you don't really know what they're doing, and as they get older, and you figure stuff out. And I mean, it will happen in the second game too. You're going to keep on developing and modifying. You can see it in uh, like the Wajedi games and in the series and stuff, Blackwell and all that. It's just that they the the series develops the developer develops and and everybody matures as everything moves along and everything gets more complex and everything gets a little bit more and more too so that's a really good point yeah the art had to be brought to current right like i had to go back to day one two and three and 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 even four and, and make those current with day five six and seven where like i had finally found my i guess my way with art and, and yeah. my direction that I wanted to take the game in and yeah. which was making it more, look more like my home in Boulder ish mm-hmm. Colorado. And, you know, just had to make sure that everything was nice and consistent. And uh, other things changed too. I had to bring current, like the GUI was just, you know, cookie cutter, you know, kind of copy and paste from Sierra slash AGS. Now the GUI has like its own custom feel, how exactly I wanted it. Cause I was capable of doing it that way. And, um, Engelbert, you know, I, I really, I've always kind of, I've hinted to this in like our podcast and our interview with Hotspot, but like, I, I would like if nothing else for this game to be a bit of a legacy for my son. Um, and I think, you know, being, being like a solo dad, it's like, it's important to me to, to just instill as many things as I can in him in the cleverest of ways that I can come up with. So I, I at some point, you know, around, well, in, I know exactly it was in day four, cemented in day five that I was like, Engelbert. Engelbert needs to, the ghost needs to represent some, you know, some philosophies, let's say, of, of what I would like my son to hear, but more so fitting to the story is like Engelbert can begin to nudge Oliver mm-hmm. into the right direction, into how to be an individual. And so I began writing him in day four, but again, through five and through six and through seven, Engelbert suddenly, you know, he didn't change, but he, he found a a very solid direction where like, there's like this other part of him now that kind of like has this almost youngy inside of him as far as philosophy and just, um, the almost like Dallas flow sort of vibe to him where, where he's, you know, we'll we'll kind of drop some, some deeper things onto Oliver Mm -hmm. as if to just nudge him into balance or into the right direction. So yeah, it was a matter of going back and, maturing the art and going back and making Engelbert as consistent as I possibly could with, with who he more turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God. And then the other thing was the, was the, the overarching story. I hesitate to say had to change, but it, it, it changed because, you know, after three years now, it's like, I have all these ideas swimming around. It's like, I know exactly now what I would like to do for, for a second and third game. And just, mm-hmm. I know now that I want to do a trilogy with this badly. And I have just these, I have some really cool ideas for it, at least I think. And so um, 
the overarching story basically changed to serve that where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I need, I need certain things now to happen in the overarching that can serve, you know, the second and third game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it's, it's gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna, cause I don't want to spoil anything, but it's, it's, it, it went from, from a, an overarching that's just, that served a need and was, mm-hmm. and was good and everything like that. to now it's, 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 Looking farther ahead. Phew, that was a struggle there. I had I I just had to do an edit because I started saying words like penetrate and things. It was just making it worse. But anyway, hmm. um, yeah. So basically, the the arts matured. The the characters themselves. I mean, at least at least one of the two characters has matured, and so has so has the overarching. Um, so is the GUI is everything. So yeah, it's officially out of puberty and on its way. Yeah, no, we're good. We're good. Okay, well, that's what I'm looking for, and uh, and I'm looking forward to. I have a, a couple other questions I will ask you on the next time because there's there's just always so much uh, exciting stuff to talk about. But in the meantime, uh, let's see. Thank you. <laughs> that concludes today's episode of a show that we clearly don't. And that is fine um, of the Classic Gamers Guild podcast. And I hope you enjoyed our cla- our chat about enclosure. You can now release yourself from your own enclosure, go out in yeah. the world and enjoy your day or evening. But in the meantime, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt myself to say, if you want to get a hold of us, and I'm going to say we do have some fans who do get a hold of us. In particular, I'm, I'm just going to give a shout out to uh, Brian. Brian. My goodness, my man, you know, who is also an extremely talented musician and, uh, you know, has all sorts of other things going for him. And and he is a great fan. He has sent some really interesting, intriguing emails that have given us lots to think about on the uh, on the episodes that we've done and and ideas that we could do. You know, your issues with pickle hunting that you've had. I really like talking, uh, you know, about Toonstruck with Paul and and your your letter on it really added to the episode. So if you are interested in Brian too, you can check him out. He's a uh, death defying. He's got some music out there. You can find him on Bandcamp. Or, Look, uh, listen, you you goddamn better buy his music. <laughs> do it. It's flipping so, so good. good. I swear to you, it is so good. You can also find him on G E M A K N I G H T or G E make night. I don't know how to pronounce it, but G E M A K N I G at gmail.com. It's uh, his Patreon and go and Always buy the guy a cup of coffee. It's important. Shit. No. I, we'll, we'll link that. Cause I, I was an <laughs> asshole and I talked over the part where he could get money from this. That'd be, we'll but totally his, his music it. is so good. If you like the intro to police quest two, and you're like, I would like mm-hmm. to hear just so much more of that in different ways. You would love to. It's, it's the best synth wave music I've ever heard. I, I'm still mm-hmm. listening to it. I think I'm just endlessly fascinated with how, with the fact that I genuinely love it. You know, there's like mm-hmm. so many times where it's like, Oh yeah, he does music. Check it out. It's good. I'm like, no, but this right. is like, it's really, really good. Strummer no, loves it. it. We've been jamming his new album all week in the car. His music is so good. <laughs> if you put, if you put on his new album and just drive around town, like I dare you mm-hmm. to not feel like you're in Miami in 1988, mm-hmm. like the wind it's blows true. stronger. It's amazing atmospheric it's gorgeous so yeah check him out and if you want to even stay connected with us or send more emails like our friend has been uh you can find us a uh, mail at classicgamersguild.com that's our email address you can give us a tweet at cgg podcast or fanfellows.com somebody will see something on either one of those somewhere and uh you can also like us on facebook 
Classic Gamers Guild podcast. That's where we are. You can also join the Classic Gamers Guild. Just answer the three questions. It's super easy. Find us on Instagram, occasionally updated at CGG Podcast. And of course, don't forget our Patreon. I know that our Patreoners haven't forgotten because as we've mentioned before, we have some real long timers in there and, and also love to see the fresh people too. Fresh people. I'm so sorry. But anyways, <laughs> patreon.com slash Classic Gamers Guild. At least I'm not talking about my cat's litter box. Remember to support the show. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Just for science, again, we did notice uh, that we had some nice downloads. We know we did the episode with the Adventure Game Hotspot. You can find their stuff online too. We've got to connect all these amazing people because we all truly love adventure games. And that's what it boils down to. Yes, go check out our Adventure Game Hotspot thing. It's on. We'll, we'll link that in the description too. And that we, that's actually a video. So if you've been listening for like three years and you're like, "What do these fuckers look like?" Well, you could see right mm-hmm. there. I'll tell you in Technicolor. Yeah. It's not impressive, but it's it's closure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and are we done? Are we good? Can I say yeah, the thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Say the thing. Don't say the e word or do a murder. <laughs> right. <laughs> <That's perfect. laughs>